Hey everyone, I'm Audio Nerd 64 and I'm Big Nakuma and we are your game friends. This week we're talking about Nintendo's Nindies. Mm-hmm. Very cute name. Very cute. Fortnite and PUBG coming to mobile. Drake, Ninja, and Twitch going mainstream, much like Drake did. South by Southwest Game Awards. Nick just made a face. I think he's mainstream. Uh, see, we're talking Sea of Thieves launch and Destiny's Go Fast update. Then we're taking a break from video games to talk about some nerd shit. Infinity War is coming out. We got a new trailer. We got a new poster. We also got a Deadpool trailer. Ava DuVernay is going to be directing a movie for DC. God bless her. Uh, we got Jessica Jones season two on lock. The Sorry to Bother You trailer came out. Ready Player One is coming out soon. A lot going on in film. A lot going on in film. Mm. Nerdy film. What a time. In the home screen, we're talking PUBG Mobile, Burnout Paradise, Assassin's Creed. And finally, in a new segment that we're calling Indie Spotlight, we're going to be talking about three games that we've been playing in the past two weeks that are not AAA titles. Yeah. So let's get started. Games for Change released a beautiful reel. Games for Change? Yeah. That sounds like a place I would work at. You should look into them. I don't know what they do besides make this video. But I figured since we played that violent monstrosity that Trump's team decided to make that we should also talk about the beautiful games that are apparently out there. You knew this. I knew this. The listeners know this. There are beautiful games. And someone made an 88-second reel of it in response to the 88 seconds of violence that Hmm. Trump showed. So I thought that was nice. My biggest takeaway from that was that some of the same... Uh, video games that they used in the violence reel, they used in the beauty reel. I didn't even catch that. Uh, Last of Us, I saw uh, Horizon Zero Dawn as well. That's shade. I mean, I don't know if it was intentional or not. Those are just very popular. We'll see. I don't know. I'm sure it was intentional. I hope it was intentional because then that brings layers to this. You know, I love a good layer. (laughs) Love some layers. Moving on, Nintendo had a big old live stream event for all the Switch things that are happening. And part of that was them talking about the Nindies. The Nindies. The Nindies. It's a good old Dunder Mifflin over at Nintendo. There you go. It's a very cute name for their indie developers. And apparently the Switch is like really big for indie developers because it's a much lower barrier of entry for them to make the games that they make. Well, I guess that makes sense. It does make sense. But yeah. One of the games that I'm very excited about, mainly because it involves a lot of chiptune music, so I can uh, appreciate that, just shapes and beats, which is a very uh, direct name for it. It's like a little puzzle game. It like syncs with the music. It looks really cute. It's got some shapes. Got some shapes. There's some beats in there. Got some beats. I mean, I guess it makes sense. It's just, just shapes. shapes. <laughs> it's very accurate. One of the games that got the biggest highlight was... Lightfall. It's this platformer that apparently everyone has raved about. Uh, IGN gave it, it was a, oh my God, this is so great. Everyone's like, oh my God, this is so great. Um, and the gameplay looked really dope. It's just like this little light person jumping around and it's like Mario, except if you could add blocks along the way and stuff like that. I don't know. It looks like it's going to be dropping on Switch exclusively first, and then it's going to spread out and drop everywhere else. So we'll still be able to play it, even though I have not brought a Switch yet because Smash Brothers has not come out yet. So. I'm actually uh, going to play with one for the first time next weekend. Ooh, where? Uh, in my living room. Who's bringing it? Ben and Sarah. Ben and Sarah are bringing their Switch? Oh, yeah. Word, I'll make sure I'm here for that, and I'm going to play their Switch. <laughs> there it is. Okay. So now everyone's favorite Battle Royale game is my on favorite. mobile. Well, I guess it depends on who you ask. <laughs> Either it's one or the other. You can't play both. <laughs> I actually really feel like this is a direct answer uh, to Fortnite's popularity that PUBG pushed out a mobile version so fast. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Fortnite version um, was announced first and implemented first, and then I, I felt like all of a sudden we got this PUBG mobile version. Um, We're like, where did that come from? We didn't even. Ask yeah, for I'm that. sure they had announced it, but. 
I must have missed it. it. It didn't seem like there was hype about it. And then all of a sudden, after Fortnite's big hyped mobile launch, uh, all PUBG I was like, we're PUBG. here to, yeah, because it came out on Canada, in Canada first. Yeah. And then like, and I was like, oh, we're not going to get this for a while because they didn't give a date. Right. And then it was like a, maybe a few days. I don't even think it was a full week later. Whichever game you choose, I hope you're out there enjoying the battle royale mode of your dreams uh, now on your phone. There you go. I feel like, though, Fortnite especially is, like, the stuff of high school teacher nightmares. I think I saw, actually, <laughs> some high school teachers complaining that their schools have just been destroyed by Fortnite Mobile. It's the next Pokemon Go. I mean, it might even be more intense than Pokemon Go. It might be. After the next bit of news, which is that Drake was... Live streaming with a very popular, <laughs> with a very popular Twitch streamer, maybe the most popular Fortnite streamer, um, Ninja, and Travis Scott was in there. Some football player or basketball player, I'm not sure which one some, was some professional athlete. <laughs> some professional athlete was the fourth <laughs> person on that team, and uh, they played for a few hours, and it was. Incredibly entertaining, I gotta say. Do you uh, think the Twitch intern was on call? They were just like, you know, in their bed having a nice restful night after tweeting all day, and then some, they got the call. It was like, "Hey, Drake is on right now. Get the memes ready. Get them ready." I have no idea what Twitch's reaction to that would be because, uh, in my opinion, this might be an opportunity for Twitch to really go mainstream. I, I feel like a lot of people when they hear the concept of a streamer they it they, they like can't Weird figure out person yeah they can't figure out what basement. that means what that? Like, make, you're making know. money playing video games i mean How that was that, work? My, that was my initial reaction i was like what exactly and i feel like now there's a lot of you know otherwise normal people who have no idea uh, what Twitch is but do appreciate a good game and, you know, are playing Fortnite either on console or on the computer or on their phones now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now they're watching Twitch on a regular basis because maybe Ninja's going to play with Drake again. Uh, Dead Mouse, he has a stream that he does PUBG on all the time. Um, I've Ooh. seen him play with some of my favorite streamers before. DJ Academics? <laughs> maybe maybe uh, there's a different level of mm-hmm. there's uh, levels. celebrity. Uh, there is a whole alphabet. Um, <laughs> I just, I had to say it. I couldn't, I could, I would be irresponsible as a black gamer if I did not mention Perhaps. DJ Academic Switch channel. Perhaps. Regardless, I really feel like this could be a turning point. As far as I can tell, I'm not a huge uh, ninja watcher because I don't watch a lot of Fortnite, but mm. um, as far as I can tell, his uh, followers and subscriber count has like gone through the roof yeah, since and, like, the stream. Apparently, he's like, super duper positive. He's like, telling the kids to stay in school, all that kind of good stuff, which is great. I mean, good for him. I'm here I, for it. I've heard mixed things, uh, and again, I don't, oh. I don't watch him. But you know, I have no reason to believe rumors for the sake of believing rumors. So if he's being all positive and everything's working out for him, then uh, good for, good for you. There we go. Yeah. Game awards. Game awards happened again. Again, a lot of, a lot of just back to back to back, and late so, too. Well, true, <laughs> but it's South by Southwest, so like very true, very true. So like if. In the scheme of comparing games to contemporary <laughs> award shows, this is a new bit I'm going to do. What is the South by Southwest Game Awards in comparison to? I felt like you might ask me this, and then I decided not to think about it because there's no way he's going to ask me that. Um, I haven't thought about it. I don't disappoint. It. Um, is it like the daytime Emmys? <laughs> I, I, I've never been to South by Southwest, so I don't know what the vibe of the gaming corner of so South by I Southwest love- is. Let's get famous so that way we can uh, <laughs> get go famous and go to South by Southwest. Yeah. Change our Twitter at names. Oh, yeah. We'd be like, Gamer Friends are at <laughs> South by Southwest. That's when you know, you right. know, they'd be like, we, we made it. 
<laughs> as great as that would be, I don't know the vibe. So regardless, it was the same. It was the same games winning the same stuff. PUBG, PUBG. won all the mu- multiplayer online stuff. Breath of the, the Wild, Wild won all of the you things. know accolades for best everything. And there were a few and another Nintendo game, uh, Super Mario. So uh, no, no surprises. Uh, pretty run of the mill. Um, but yeah, it'd be I nice think- to win all those awards. Like, I made this. And the people are like, take all these things. It must be really gratifying. Must be. Especially for a game like PUBG that it technically is not completed. Yeah, that's right. I keep forgetting. Well, the PC version, yeah. Well, I mean, the PC that. version is 1.0, but. Right. But yeah, no, the Xbox one is like, mm, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll give you the shit as we maybe come up with it. Yeah, they actually just came out with an update, and it kind of messed up a few buttons in the item uh, manager, and uh, that's been fun. Oh, well. Moving on. Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves. It, it came out. It came out. People are playing it. People are playing it. it we is have beautiful. played it. It looks great. I do want to play it now that I've seen some of the launch footage. Some of the beta stuff I was looking at, and I was not... Uh, not really feeling it and it did not get the best reviews from a few of our mutual uh clan members uh but they've changed the opportunity you could have said our mutual gamer friends but they did change their tune and now they're like oh my god this is the greatest thing ever so yeah i i do want to try and figure out how to do the games pass because if i can get a 60 dollar game for 10 dollars you know uh, it might be worth it We'll see. we'll see. I'll probably get $10 of enjoyment out of it, even if I don't like it all that much. There you go. So we'll report back next next show? Next show. Okay. Yeah. Lastly, um, uh, <laughs> something that I probably won't have any firsthand experience with uh, for the next show, Destiny 2 is getting a new update. You know... My reaction to that is the, you know, like the the confetti emoji, but instead of it being like a, like a curved, I don't want to say flaccid, but like a type of confetti blast. I'm that's, so upset. That's my um reaction to that. Okay. Um, <laughs> thank you for all of that imagery. You're uh, I do understand what you mean. It it just kind of feels like. Too little, too late at this point for me. Uh, I'll I'll see how re- Reddit reacts to. <laughs> well, they had a wonderful reaction. What was it? Was it an article? They were like, "This is all the important Destiny people, and this is why." I mean, you know, like all the streamers and things. This is why they stopped playing, and everyone's like, "Yo, the game is like not fun to play. It is not fun to watch." Mm. <laughs> You're like, "Well, those are." Probably the two most important things yeah. in order to stream a game, and Destiny Two is not there for either of them. I mean, I think that that's actually a really good marker of how enjoyable your game is if it has a large following on Twitch. Which is not to say that there aren't enjoyable games that don't have large followings on Twitch. Right? You know, there's plenty of games that are either older or just maybe are not conducive to people watching, like some single-player action games. Like, I I get that it's not a rule. I'm not trying to say that. But, uh, you know, if you look at the top 10 games consistently, it's really exciting action-adventure shooter-type games like PUBG and Fortnite and Dota and League of Legends and uh, all those mobile-style things. So I, I feel like... Destiny used to be in the top 10 consistently mm-hmm. when it was uh, a, a faster game. And the whole update is themed around uh, you moving a little bit faster, other sandbox changes to address time to kill in PvP, uh, as well as some additional rewards in PvE. So it does look like it's a few substantial uh, update items, but it just seems like the spark that I had to... Uh, want these things faded a few months ago and now I will come back for content that I already paid for because you know I feel like we should just we need to just play it like one more time before that you know like I need to I need to get my bearings back I feel like 
Yeah, I, I need to played, relearn the controls. I haven't played Destiny 2 in like a year, man. <laughs> oh my god. Um I'm just disappointed and we'll we'll see we'll see what the community's reaction is and if it's overwhelmingly positive, then maybe I'll jump in and see it for myself. Otherwise I'll see you in May when the DLC drops. Yeah. Oh well. All right, so moving on to our next segment where we stop talking about video games and start talking about some other nerdy things these past two weeks of nerdum. They've been very full. Very full. I feel like nerdum has been very full. This whole year. Great time to be a nerd. Infinity War trailer dropped. The last one, I refused to watch it. I'm not going to watch it either. Whoa, I didn't know that. I thought you did. No, no, no. I did not see it. I saw the screen cap. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, like that the, people were posting on Twitter, right? Of Captain America. Yes. Uh, but that's it. That's it. I have been feeling about this for a while. I've been feeling this way for a while. The trailers give away so much, and not that the trailers give away the entire plot. Where like, oh, the surprise isn't as big, or it's never like they do a good job of like keeping it that way. But like. There are just moments I just like really genuinely want to just see for the first time in front yeah. of the big screen. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to watch it. But Completely the poster, agree. the poster is getting dragged on social media because basically, <laughs> rightfully so. It's a lot. It's basically the Thor Ragnarok poster with more characters photoshopped in. It's both that and also inconsistent as hell. Have you seen all the mistakes? Well, I saw Bucky's human arm that's not supposed to be there. Could you imagine, like, okay, I'm mad at a lot of people for this one. I'm mad at the final person who had to, like, go. But, like, everyone up the chain all the way back. Like, did Sebastian Stan not feel the wind (laughs) blowing also delicately on the little bit of wrist that we did see? What the fuck? I don't know, man. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Also, Hawkeye is just not even in it. He's not in it. I think we should actually have a segment where in the MCU... (laughs) <laughs> is Hawkeye. We could just sit here and speculate for an hour on where the fuck he is. There's no way he's not in the movie because... I feel like... No, he has to be in the movie. And you know what? I'm calling it. I feel like we're going to have like a huge Hawkeye moment and finally we're going to have a, an Avengers movie. We're going to be like, fuck yeah, Hawkeye. Yeah, you do that shit, Hawkeye. Like, this is going to be the no, movie. No, they tried to do that already in Age of Ultron. That was his moment when he when he uh, went after What's-His-Face. Well, they're going to do it again and I feel like it might actually stick this time. Who knows? I don't really care that it's much. Lot. It's okay. Um, also, wasn't like Thor's eye patch on the wrong side? Yes, it was. Maybe someone just flipped the image. I, it, it might be, but I, I feel like uh, a studio that is so obsessed with continuity uh, would not make this kind of mistake. Obsessed with continuity to the point where they introduced a continuity error to create a conversation so that they could uh, recreate their timeline. I'm speaking of the the Spider-Man MCU timeline because uh, it kind of is messed up if you say that it takes place eight years after the events of the Avengers. Um, and, of course, all the internet right, suits right. were all over it trying to make it work, and then Marvel, like, officially responded. It was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. But you can't do a poster. Not a... Uh, Bucky's arm, really. Bucky's arm is actually the plot point of several movies and so <laughs> the fact that it is being shown <laughs> right. right but wait you know what our girl shuri maybe she gave may- him a whole new maybe. flesh and bone arm i mean she gave uh well she didn't give uh what's his face a bionic arm but uh he got one. Oh, claw yeah he did steal one it yeah, wasn't maybe- have no flesh on it though I mean, it looked like flesh from a mile away. Oh, that's true. Oh, maybe. maybe what if it's not a mistake? Maybe it's Here not a mistake. Here we go. I don't want to join the MCU speculation train. I've seen some shit between, like, <laughs> who's going to die, who has the fucking soul stone. I saw I'm a rumor so that about uh, the Silver Surfer is in it. I'm like... Chris Evans. <sighs> Chris, why would he say that? I, there's been a... Every I feel like a lot of the actors have been doing a lot. Of, a lot of people have been talking about this movie a lot, and I'm like, where is the surprise, the suspense? Shh, shh, shh. I don't. I don't want to hear anything. I want to go. You. I want blank slate. Hey. I am a. I am a canvas. I don't want to know and about I your want contract negotiations. The movie to paint. It's beautiful. Paint. 
It's on me. It's beautiful paints. It's beautiful paints on me. I don't I don't want to walk in with any impressions. I don't want to walk in with too much expectations. I don't want to walk in with what Chris Evans, what Robert Downey, and what uh, Don Cheadle and what blah, blah, blah said about the movie. I don't care. I just want to watch it. Mm. That's it. But I'll watch all that stuff after I watch Yeah, no, that movie. stuff is cool after the fact. <laughs> like, I'll watch a scene break down. I'll watch them talk. Be like, oh, well, my contract's up. Blah, blah. That's cute after the fact, but not before. Because then people will start thinking things. Like, oh, my God, Cap's going to die. I do think he's going to die. Uh, I'm just going to go into this movie like a Game of Thrones episode and just be like, I know I'm going to enjoy this, but I also know that someone is going to die. And I just have to be prepared for that. Superheroes die every day, B. <laughs> they also come back to life. B. <laughs> Speaking of death in superheroes, mm. Deadpool. He got a new trailer. Got a new trailer. It looks great. It does look very good. Homegirl from Atlanta is in it. She is in it. She looks like she's going to be great. I love her. She's great. Great. That's all I have to say. Apparently. I mean, the, I mean, it's Deadpool. Like, I... Completely expected to be an amazing movie. Everyone looks awesome in it. The trailer was funny. So it'd be great. Yeah, I'm glad that they have some continuity with uh, the previous Deadpool movie. Mm-hmm. I was a little concerned that uh, they would just, you know, get random X-Men throughout the whole thing. Uh, I'm also very interested to see what inside jokes, if any, they do about the fact that Josh Brolin is in the movie, and now they are in the same they have cinematic to. universe? Well, right? technically, they didn't get the X-Men yet. I mean, it's going to happen, though. I'm sure, well, whatever. We can speculate on what's going to happen with that. But right now, they're still separate, so I'm sh- there has to be a joke in there. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Keeping on the Marvel train, uh, we're almost done with Jessica Jones. That's right. Uh, we just have one and a half episodes left. That's that's it. Yeah, no, it's been a, it's a great season. I was really worried at the beginning of the season. We all were. I read some uh, interesting comments on Twitter uh, about her interactions with her new super that led me to be concerned. What were the comments? <laughs> uh, I I feel like it's people who got upset and then didn't keep watching, um, but they were they were perturbed that a white woman was lecturing a person of color about the idea of uh, discrimination. Okay, so she did that there, and then she did it again in a interrogation room in that interrogation room scene. Yes, and every time we we're just like looking at each other, like, just cringe, girl. <laughs> It's like, are you discriminated against? Sure. Can you punch through walls? Yes. Yeah. There's um, layers here. Layers. More layers. (sighs) So many layers. Anyway, uh, the payoff is definitely there. Uh, In particular, there's an episode where we are visited with the ghost, per se, of characters past. And it was phenomenal. Is that a spoiler? Maybe. Might be a spoiler. It might be, but I feel like you wouldn't know it's a spoiler if you haven't seen the show. Fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) Anywho. It was phenomenal. I feel like it was a really brilliant episode of television. Yeah, I can't wait to to really finish it. It's going to be great. And for one more piece of superhero news, Ava DuVernay is directing DC's The New Gods. And may those new gods help her with navigating through the DCEU. Because my goodness. She needs the old gods and the new gods. All all of them. As many gods as she can get. As possible. Because my goodness. And some sage. Just the whole set. Just light it up. We know she rocked it as a director for Wrinkle in Time. And pretty much every other thing that she's directed. So I think this is going to be good. The only problem is... It's the DCEU. I feel like the DCEU is just cursed. Like, is this going to be connected? Is this going to not be connected? Like, I don't know. Because they don't even know what is connected. Because apparently, like, the Shazam movie has nothing to... I don't know. I'm I'm confused. Whatever. I'm sure this would be a wonderful film on its own right. I'm sure visually stunning. She's going to do a great job. 
it will be the only DCEU film that I buy a ticket for. Fair enough. And only because of her. And Black women are saving everything. Only if the trailers are good. Mm, fair enough. I'm not even gonna do it if if it's if it if I know it's gonna be trash. It's not gonna be trash, it's Ava. Come on. Ava don't make trash. Big Nick has a face. It's just because of the DCEU. I yeah. just I just have no faith in them. I have I faith in her. I know. Just no faith in them. Well, some movies that we are excited about. Mm-hmm. Sorry to bother you. Looks amazing. <laughs> I am I know that like all of these black movies are coming out because Get Out did so well and now all these studios are like, oh, let's just throw money at black people making weird movies. And I'm here for it. Throw all the niggas money. I want to watch all of them. But this one looks really interesting and not like a race movie. You know? Right, 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 right. So right. like I'm excited to see what they do with that. The it last movie about a call center that I enjoyed was Slumdog Millionaire. So very excited to see the theme of people of color taking phone calls for a living and not quite making it. That's a hella specific trope. But I'm here for it. <laughs> Is it really it. a trope if it's just two? Well, if you're talking about people of color, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's coming out. Ready Player One is coming out very soon. Next week, I believe. I'm not exactly sure because I'm not so hyped for it that I'm going to be there like on opening night. Yeah, no, not at all. But, but I am excited. Yeah, early reviews say it's great. They say it's better than the book, so now I don't have a reason to read the book before seeing the movie. Lena Waithe is in it. Lena Waithe is in it. I'm very excited great. about that. You know? Um, I enjoy a good popcorn movie, and I enjoy a good nostalgia button. So, you know, sign me up. I hit it every once in a while. Like. Exactly. You know what? I, I get why people are, you know, uneasy about, like, celebrating gamer culture as some kind of, like, cultural identity. And, you know, I saw a really good critique about not replacing an actual societal identity with, like, pop culture. Um, I think that that's a valid thing to say about something like this. But at the same time, I'm just excited to sit down and turn my brain off and uh, watch some really cool explosions with characters that I already am familiar with. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, that's an actual, that's interesting. I want to read that piece. We should. I want to have a talk about that. Okay. Do a discussion about identity. Yeah. I like that. It's a very dialectical conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. It sounds like it. <laughs> Well, all right. I think that's we fi- we wrapped up the nerd news. We good. did. So uh, let's go ahead and get started with our home, home screen. screen. What have you been playing? Uh, first and foremost, I do want to revisit an earlier topic and uh, tell you about my experiences on PUBG Mobile. PUBG. Um, I agree with the reports that there are bots in the game. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I came in second in my very first game. <laughs> uh, I mean, you're good. <laughs> but you know. Here's the thing. You ain't that good. I came in second in my very first game. I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this because I have never used a virtual thumbstick before in a game. Yeah, um, the it interfaces very oddly. I'm I'm not a huge mobile gamer like that and i do know that that is a very popular interface for mobile shooters but i've not had experience with it and i was able to kill uh i think i ended up with nine kills in my very first game and i came in second place and i think that that's higher than any number of kills that i've gotten in any game of PUBG on console so it definitely is yeah Thank you. You're welcome. So anyway, I understand why they would do that if you are new to the game or new to playing those types of games on a phone. It makes sense for it to be like an easy mode for uh, the first few games. And while you get your feet wet, you're not really up against that many other real people. Mm. But I think people's fear is that it's never going to stop being (laughs) filled with bots and that uh, they're just going to fill empty space with bots. And uh, maybe you're not really getting a true competitive experience on mobile, which, uh, you know, I understand the fear, but it's also like, it's a mobile game. Like, what can you? I don't well, think it's it, even. It's being outclassed by Fortnite. 
Right. It's another way that it's being outclassed by Fortnite. Fortnite is the full experience. And to my understanding, yeah, the goal right. Right. is for mobile players to be able to play cross-play. with, yeah, to, to cross play with platforms uh, with PC and Xbox for Which now. I think you can already do now. Which there's a very clearly uh, a different engine and a whole other bunch of differences for the PUBG mobile game in a way that is that's not the case for Fortnite. Right. So uh you know I, I'm I'm happy with it. It's nice to be able to go like uh on a bus <laughs> when I take a long bus ride or something like that and I'm above ground enough to get a game in or uh you know when I'm waiting for a movie to start or when I'm you know just hanging out and I've got some free time but I don't want to boot up the Xbox. It's nice to have that as an option. I've played a few games. It's a lot of fun. Um, But I don't think it'll endanger my play on console the way that some people are saying that Fortnite on mobile might replace them playing on console. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So anyway, what are you playing this week? This week, I got into Burnout Paradise. Mm, Been waiting on that for a while. Yeah. No, it's fun. I think the last Burnout game I played was Burnout 3. And that was a more traditional racing game. You know, you pick your races, you get on the track. You know, it wasn't an open world one where this one is. And it's kind of cool how they incorporated the open world-ness. You, like, drive around and any event that you would want to do, uh, you just stop at an intersection and then hit acceleration and break at the same time. And then it'll be like, hey, you can do this event if you want. Hmm. So it's cool. Um, the only frustrating part is that like certain events require a certain car and there's really no way to mark. I don't think they mark it until you like try to start the event and you're like, you're in the wrong car. Silly. You can't do this. And I'm like, um, can you like switch out your car right there? Do you have to go somewhere to do it? You have to drive to your garage. Oh, that sucks. So it's whatever. It's a lot of fun. It's just like the burnout that I remembered, even though I never played this one, but, um, I got to find some people who are playing it. Because, like, it's fun single player, but I feel like it would be more fun multiplayer, you know? Most games, I think, at least nowadays, True. feel that way. Well, this doesn't have, like, the, you could just, like, match make into, yes, it's that old. Uh, so you have to, like, be able, I don't know if it has local multiplayer, but you have, you at least have to, like, know who you want to play with before. You can't just do, like, random, not through the game anyway. I think a lot of these new remastered games need to take modern matchmaking into consideration. Just because you're building off of an old skeleton doesn't mean that you can't insert something new, right? That's true. It is a remaster, and like, it looks great. But it'd be cool if it like functioned, like how Forza functions. Like, it'd be nice if I could just drive around and then just join a group, and then we're all racing and crashing each other and stuff like that. Fair. Oh well. But other than that, it's a lot of fun. Well, I hope you're enjoying it, uh, you know, as much as you can single. Yeah, I'm probably going to play it like I how I do play Forza, either Horizon or Motorsport, where I'll play a race or two either in between games or, like, if I'm waiting for y'all to, like, come back for a PUBG match. <laughs> yeah, I don't, like, play those games like, all right, I want to sit down and just play Forza for hours upon hours. Sometimes I do, but most of the times it's just like, I'll do a race or two here uh, in the see. middle. But. What have you been playing this week? The only other thing I've been playing this week is Assassin's Creed Origins. Uh, The second DLC dropped, The Curse of the Pharaohs. Uh, I won't spoil any details for anyone, especially you. I know you're not done yet. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, But let's just say it is very similar in tone uh, in my opinion, to the Assassin's Creed Black Flag DLC, where you're going around uh, from slave plantation to slave plantation, killing masters and freeing slaves. Um, nice. <laughs> Bayek is going around and essentially um, punishing grave robbers and then setting the spirits of the disturbed mummies to rest, not just in the present day, but also in the afterlife. Ah, interesting. Yeah, it's it's kind of one of those DLC that allow for an exploration of the world outside of the confines of the game. Mm-hmm. Um 
uh, Assassin's Creed is already kind of uh, breaking that wall a little bit with the with the supernatural storyline that they have, but within this DLC uh, in particular, there's very clearly <laughs> a lot going on that uh, is not historical canon, but it's a lot of really really cool uh, Egyptian uh, folklore and religious lore and myth all thrown into a really satisfying uh, expansion of the base game mechanics. Uh, I'm not 100% done with it yet. Uh, I've just defeated slash restored the first pharaoh back to their arrest. Um, and we'll, we'll see how it goes and I'll report back if there's anything uh, major. Sounds good. Yeah, it's a it's a solid game. If you have not yet played Assassin's Creed, I would definitely encourage you to go pick it up. Definitely, definitely, definitely the best in the series for me. That is high praise. Yeah, it's a lower bar than it should be for Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Fair enough. You know those stumbling blocks. At least someone's meeting it. Some you know big stumbles. <laughs> So now we're going to get into our indie spotlight where we spotlight some indie games. Wow. Almost as if the segment wrote itself. Amazing. Wild. We're brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's an adjective. Uh, So the first game we're going to talk about, super hot, super hot. If you played the game, you know what I... It's easily the most innovative shooter I've played in a long time. I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> and this month, it is free, free for games with gold for you Xbox users. So if you're grab on it. Xbox, you have to get it. It's completely free. There's no excuse. And it's really not even that long. No, it's a super short campaign. I actually was surprised with how quickly I got through it, which is not even a, it's not a knock on the quality at all. Like I don't need a super long campaign. It was gratifying enough that like, I'm fine with it. And I think this game especially has like such a really high replay value because it is so fun. Yeah, it has a built-in uh, endless mode once you finish the campaign mode, and it just is all of the best aspects of the gameplay loop um, without the burden of a narrative. I don't mean burden in a bad way, just like all you're doing is the game. Yeah, but let's circle back. Yeah. Let's talk about the game itself. Okay. It's, a, it's an interesting concept. It is a very interesting concept. I have not played anything like it before. Yeah, so it's like part first-person shooter, but also like part puzzle game. That's what I would best describe it as. It's almost like you are choreographing a dance, and every opportunity you have to... Uh, put a new move in, uh, the game is kind of like testing you to see whether or not you can think ahead of it or not. Um, And you get to keep replaying it until you get it right. Yeah, so like the premise is that that time doesn't move unless you move. So what you have to do is take down what's called the red guys, either through fists, throwing objects at them, or with a weapon, they have guns and a katana. And you just keep bowing them down until the level is complete. Often in a very creepy, weird way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the na- yeah, especially the the narrative is a little bit creepy. I don't want to talk about that because I think that's yeah. We don't want to ruin the story. Yeah, I don't want to like ruin the story. But it is super interesting and meta. I like that you brought up meta. It is a very meta game. It's definitely a game that is very aware of itself and I think aware of the impact that it has on uh, folks that are new to it. I definitely, I think, fell exactly into what they expected someone like me to think about the game. Yeah, it was great. (laughs) I can't wait. I mean, I would... Just do the campaign mode. I, when I was playing the, through, going through it the first time, I just like kept saving my replays. 
<laughs> just like I just want a gallery of all of these. And it's funny that it, interestingly enough, does cater to completely different play styles. Like I'm the type of person who like wanted to just get shots off and knock down a red guy as quickly as I could. So like I would try to like lead shots to where, so that way the bullet ended up where the person was going to be. Where I feel like when I was watching you play, you're more of a point blank person. You wanted them to be like right in front of you. And you gave them the time to do that. I think it's interesting. I'm also just in love with that time mechanic. Um, I never got around to playing Quantum Break, and so I'm not entirely sure if it's similar to that or if it's very different from that. Um, But again, time is not moving uh, unless you are moving. And so a lot of how I approached the levels was to really think about where people were going to be or where I thought they were going to be and lead them into kind of a quick succession kill kind of situation. Yeah. uh, One other thing I really liked about the game was its sound design. I thought it was really cool. You know, it's not often, I don't know. I think a lot of games do a lot with sound design now. So it's nice to see, a game where it's more stripped down. I mean, even visually it was stripped down and still I thought was very captivating. I feel like a lot of indie games go that route. They're not they're not trying to be top of the line graphically. They've got a lot of other stuff going for them. And so they're really leaning into what they have going on for them. And I agree with you. I think the way that they approach sound in this game was very minimalistic um, and got across exactly what it needed to get across. There weren't a lot of um, you know grand orchestrated moments, but I don't think the game really called for that. And the sounds that were prominent, I think, made a lot of sense and really added to the overall experience and kind of transporting me into the computer. Yeah, because it was like not in any way cheesy. Right. When it could have slipped there very, very easily. Yeah, it definitely, (laughs) uh, I think, again, uh, if it wasn't so self-aware, I don't know that they could have pulled it off. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, we've also been uh, working together on a game. That's right. uh, it is still an indie game, even though it's part of the EA Originals uh, program, where EA is basically publishing these indie games. Um, but it's something that you brought to me. I hadn't heard of it, uh, and it just came out. Yeah, I. Uh, it was all over gamer Twitter. Everyone was talking about it, you know, all the big publications, and I was like, oh, let's check this out. So it's called A Way Out, and it was... There was a way out. There was a way out. Um, it was put together by Hazelight. Never heard of them before, but they make a good co-op game. You know what? I feel like a lot of people have not heard about a lot of indie games. I guess that's <laughs> the point. So yeah, it's a co-op cinematic type of game. And it's about two guys who get together and break out of prison together. And since it's a cinematic game... There's not, like, super ridiculous gameplay in it. It reminds me a lot of a Telltale game. Yeah, exactly. But, like, now Telltale games aren't corny, but, like, a step up from that. Yeah, it, it's in the Unreal Engine, and so it looks real in a way that a lot of Telltale games uh, are made to look a little bit comic book-ish. Yeah. Uh, this is a very real aesthetic to it. But you're right. There's not a lot of uh, impromptu, you know what the controls are, and so you need to put a combo together to take this guy out kind of gameplay. It's very much the game is telling you what to press, and you're really along for the ride for essentially a movie that's playing out on your console. Yeah, and the co-op aspects of the game were really well done. There were moments um, where... You sort of, where it clicked for both of us, like, oh, you grab this thing so I can jump on it and do the thing to get whatever. Yeah. Um, um, and then there's, like, certain, so, like, it's very much one person, it's, like, goes back and forth between the characters. Like, one person will do something to help the other person, and then the story kind of goes back and forth like that. And then there are certain moments where you're doing things and controlling things together, like the walking up the thing back to back. That was cool. It definitely uh, forces a level of 
camaraderie in a co-op experience that I haven't had in a while. There are some instances of this in the Gears of War franchise where, uh, you know, you need two hands on the wall at the same time to, like, get past the sensor. And so you have to uh, time it together. But this is a lot of that, but pumped up. It's, It's not as simple as uh, the Gears of War co-op moments were. And in some instances, you are completely separated from your uh, partner in crime. Uh, You know, I'm on a different side of the prison than you're on, and I'm experiencing my own uh, cell and having conversations with my own folks. Um, You know, we're not tied at the hip the whole time. Right. I really do like how they split the story up like that between the two characters. And yeah, overall, it's a really dope experience. I would definitely encourage if you've got someone who uh, is not into first-person shooters, isn't into uh, a lot of what AAA titles are pumping out, but you still want to play games together, uh, definitely check it out. Yeah, it is a fantastic story so far. We haven't finished it yet, uh, hoping to finish it this week. But uh, like we said, it just came out. So we've only had a few days. Yeah, And it's only $30 for a much... I actually thought I was like, oh, we'll probably beat this in like four or five hours. I didn't expect the story to be as big as it was for $30, which is awesome, A. And then I would highly recommend playing this split screen with the person on the couch sitting right next to you. I think that is a huge part of the experience. But you can also play um, just like you would multiplayer online. And only one person has to own the game. Both of you don't have to own it. I think uh, the other person just has to download like the friend trial or something. Oh, word. I didn't realize that. Yeah, so I think that's pretty dope, too. That is very, very nice. Yeah. Uh, definitely recommend. Uh, would love to see more of this type of co-op experience. I'm here for it. I think the last time I did, I played a split-screen game was, like, the last Mario Kart. <laughs> and Lord, I haven't played Mario Kart like that really since the Wii. Not even the Wii U. It's been a minute. Soon, though. <sighs> Can I get that Switch? I'm so ready. <laughs> I'm so ready. Last but certainly not least, especially in my heart, uh, is a really beautiful game. I had only seen it on Twitter a few days ago. Uh, I was really excited to put it on the show. Uh, For those of you who don't know, I am on the left of some political ideologies out there. uh, And I'm always down to spread the word uh, about some alternatives to our current system. It was peppered in coded language, my God. (laughs) I'm trying real hard. (laughs) But um, the game is called Post-Capitalism. And geez, I wonder what it's about. (laughs) (laughs) It is about building a better world. In post-capitalism, you are in a browser. There's no console needed here. Uh, You don't need a gaming PC to take part in this experience. You go into your browser, and um, there's a city... And the city has a bunch of problems that you're going to recognize. They're problems that we have in our everyday society right here in the U.S. of A., but also across the world. Uh, And you go through and you try to change uh, aspects of the city so that there are more services or a cleaner environment or better public transportation or more housing or... Oh, it's the run-on sentence of the year. Goddamn. Get to the point, Nick. Jesus. The point is that you can't do all of those things within the current system that we have. And so the game uh, really spells it out in layman's terminology uh, what issue needs to be addressed under the surface in order to allow you to move forward. And eventually, once you kind of uh, put two and two together, you figure out the pretty basic game mechanic. <laughs> uh, right. Which, you know, it's, I didn't initially catch it at first. So you click on uh, a part of the game, and then it changes from, like, sad, uh, sad, oppressed by capitalism into the <laughs> happy socialist whatever um, <laughs> <laughs> the happy socialist whatever, whatever TM TM and what's cool about it is that like you can change a few of the things and then some things might revert back to its capitalist state because something else wasn't set up to make that happen correctly so theory. If, 
theory in a video game. It's great. Yeah, no, it's theory in the video game. Um, and what's really cool, what I appreciated a lot about it was that you get to a point where you can look at the connections between things and you, then it starts to branch out from the city into the ideological. And you're like, oh, okay, so this is like the foundation for what has to change about how we think about things. Beautifully put. I think the game does a brilliant job of putting right in front of you in very simple terminology the fact that we need a fundamental change in how we view aspects of our society and not just a Band-Aid on top of some of the more intractable social issues that we have to deal with. Right. Um, And I think the game also did a good job of not being more than what it was. Right. It wasn't trying to like, here we're going to solve all the issues and all the minutiae. Yes. Because okay. you, you get, you know, they have the game on their website. And you can see all the comments. And I just scroll down for funsies. And people were giving dissertations in oh, there. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm glad that you got your doctorate. <laughs> <laughs> Analyzing this game. Good job on your thesis. But like, geez. Yeah. Like, a lot of people uh, on both sides. Right. Which it wasn't like say. shocking. I was like, oh, okay, like, <laughs> duh. That's when like. I mean, you know, my school is pretty left-leaning as well. So, you know, people who want to preach the good word about socialism are never in short supply. And this game was not that, like, people have to be friendly about things or whatever. But this was, like, a nice, accessible, simple, like, let's break this down. And it wasn't this, let's talk about theory. Here's this giant book that you're never going to understand without actually having a doctorate. Yeah, there's... Uh, no r- treaties on capital in this game. Uh, <laughs> but maybe someone who plays this game is intrigued by the message that it's trying to send will actually look some of those things up. And I think that is ultimately the point, to be able to have these conversations, have them accessible to a large group of people, and then move that group of people into a more solid understanding of how we can actually revolutionize our society. Yeah, I don't know if a game can do all that, I think it's a baby step. It is definitely a baby step, but I'm very happy to see it. And it's beautiful with great music, too. So I yeah. don't want to discount that aspect. It's a nice either. track. Check out the show notes for a link to the game. Uh, the game also has a link to the music, uh, which is great. So I encourage you all to check it out. And shout out to Celestia. So yeah, I think that's a show. That's a show. That's a show. We, we have to ask the same thing we did last week, right? No, we have to ask something different. Oh. Always something different. So, thank you if you told a gamer friend. Thank you if you followed us on social media. This week, you can check out our website. We have a new host page where Ooh. you can learn more about us and connect with us on social media. Yeah, you can definitely check us out. We're in a few places. Yes, we are. We'd love it if you would join us in those places. We would. We really would. You can find all of those places at GamerFriendsPodcast.com. And you can join us in two weeks. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye, everyone. Deuces.